Good evening, brother. Good evening. Happy New Year again. Now, Raymond, this episode we're going to be discussing all the changes that may be happening to the 49ers, both in the front office and on the field. And it made me think, uh, and and th this will never happen because you're under a lifetime contract, but if you were a free agent for the gold cast, what are some of the podcasts you would consider going to that are for the 49ers? Oh, man. Where wouldn't I go is the question. <laughs> I would go to the uh, Don't Stop Believing 49ers podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm also a big fan of Will Clark Loves the 49ers 2 podcast. <laughs> I'm also a big fan of the uh, the 16 colon 8 podcast. <laughs> uh, it's meant to read as as a uh, as a Bible Bible um, chapter. Um, but in in the vein of Joe Montana and Steve Young, they're they're cool guys. I like it, you know. And that's that. I probably would stop there. I think those would be my three uh, destination points. Uh, what about you? Uh, I have a couple that I would go to. The first one I'd go to is is called Bay Area Sports. I'd go there. I'd go to that one. Mm. I'd also go to uh, the the red and gold and blue and yellow and black and orange cast i'd go to them i'd consider i'd consider taking a stab fine. at the at those guys um and then the last one that i would probably do would uh it would actually be it would be a true crime podcast with sourdough sam the oh, <laughs> that's that that, nice. that that podcast doesn't exist um but uh, but it's one we would do together. We'd we'd probably call it uh, crimes of sour, or sour crimes. crimes. Sour. Yeah. <laughs> sour crimes with Rudy Rudy three and sourdough Sam, and I'd be like, "What did you What did you think, sourdough Sam?" And that's all you'd hear because sourdough Sam doesn't speak. That right. He's just every a time. bread. There'd just be a video of him nodding. It was just him nodding. It, yeah, it'd be it. Everyone nodding. would go. You know, the podcast is okay, but the video version's amazing. Yeah, I would. I would also, you know, that kind of makes me think. Uh, I, I didn't. Th I forgot about these guys because they're they don't really focus on the Niners per se, but they are. They're they're all about. What is their name? Oh, I had it on. T oh, um, crab, crab and stews that you would eat during 49ers games. Uh, cast, which is a a show dedicated to all of the food that you would eat while watching a 49ers game or while tail tailgating at a 49ers game. So it's like, it's a cooking, it's a cooking podcast, but it's dedicated <laughs> to foods you would just eat during 49ers games. <laughs> I love this. Excellent. Excellent. Well, unfortunately all those podcasts are never going to get our services because we do have a lifelong contract here with the gold cast. And Raymond, why don't you let the viewers know, the listeners know where can they find us? You can always follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and YouTube. Everywhere that podcasts are syndicated, we can be found there. The Goldcast is the moniker you are looking for. And if you are on the YouTubes, then be sure to hit the little notification bell and join the comment section below because that will feed the algorithm. 
of the YouTube platform and the little notification bell that lets you know when we go live with our brand new episodes. And you always want to be in the loop of that because you want this, don't you? <laughs> that is right. We have a big episode coming up today. Today we're going to be discussing the all of the movement. Uh, we're going to start with the pro. The we're going to start with the final uh, postseason press conferences of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, and talk about just our thoughts on that, reactions to that. Then we're going to be going through all of the shakeups, all the moves that we might be seeing this offseason. And then we're going to be ending with something fun. I am joining an eliminator pool. And so are you, Goldcast. You're going to go down this rabbit hole with me. Raymond and I are going to sit here and decide what the first game for my eliminator pool is going to be. We'll talk, we'll be. We'll talk about all of that at the end of the show. And then, of course, just a little bit look ahead at the Warriors' schedule. And what we got coming up for the Golden State Warriors, a very scrappy team that kind of remind me of the San Francisco Giants last year, a team that uh, is scrappy, got a little moxie to them, got a little bit of fight. And we're going to just look ahead at the schedule that's coming up this week for the Warriors. All right, folks, here we go. The greatest gold cast intro in the game is about to drop. Your professor of fanalism, I am in the building. The greatest fanalist, he's here too. Class is in session. Let's Go! San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! All right, here we go. We are back. And today, Raymond, we're going to be focusing on the final press conferences of John Lynch and Kyle Shannon. Final forever. They're leaving us. No, I'm just kidding. That's not happening. But the final ones for this god-awful, probably one of the biggest letdown seasons in in 49ers history. And I say that not in a cruel way. It the, Unfortunately, this letdown, uh, or I would say fortunately for everyone involved, this letdown occurred by not literally by injury, by just freak accident constantly the entire season. It never actually occurred by it never really was done by ourselves, although, you know, our backups did not make this game easy on us at all throughout the year. But uh, this kind of just happened to the 49ers versus, you know, a result of bad coaching or bad playing. And that's the good news. That's actually really, truly the good news. Um, that this team, uh, when when healthy, is still easily one of the best teams in football. So, Raymond, uh, let's begin. I'm going to hand this off to you, and let's start by what your just initial reactions and thoughts were. What went down in these press conferences uh, as we head into the offseason and prepare for a lot of unknowns? Well, we know that some people may not come back to the team, play it. We know that, for, for well, I think I think it's a foregone conclusion that some coaches are not returning some have already left and some players even though they're in negotiation talks right now are definitely not going to return i mean on on the player side of things you have on offense you have trent williams and kyle Juszczyk. you pretty you probably you're i think the niners are going to re-sign both of them because you kind of have to kyle Juszczyk is a key cog in the kyle shanahan offense and he's Actually, he became more of a more of an offensive weapon 
this season versus you know his he was more of a primary you know the primary blocker on the team who would flash in the pan every few games but in this case because we had so many guys down that he actually got more offensive action and is as proven every time he gets the ball that he's capable of making plays and making yardages and in in the case of this season scoring um so those are two priorities on the defensive side i think the biggest priorities are probably Richard Sherman, Kawan Williams, and Kerry Hyder. I think Richard Sherman is probably going to leave because you want to sign, you can't afford him. And it's cheaper to sign Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett. And they've proven to be capable starters, along with, you know, an occasional Keller Witherspoon on certain packages. And we know that Kawan Williams, you know, slot nickel back injury history would also be less expensive than Richard Sherman. So you could get those guys back without and, and still not and still be a good defense without a Richard Sherman. Um, because we know Richard Sherman commands a high salary and the Niners just don't have it. And Kerry Hyder, another guy break had a terrific year, you know, probably isn't going to get a max deal or anything like that, but proved to be a capable starter with eight and a half sacks, led the team in sacks, I think he led the team in TFLs as well. But uh, so so that's another player that's probably there's a good chance they keep him too. I, I feel like the only one out of the list that I've given is Richard Sherman. I think he's the only one that's going to end up on the chopping block. I think everyone else comes back. The Niners can do it. Um, Kyle Yusick has been a pro bowler every single year that we got him, including the year before we got him. On the coaching side of things, Katie Sowers left the team today. It was announced she's been with the team for three years. Her contract expired at the end of the 2020 season. It was not renewed. Um, reports indicate that uh, she left on good terms. So fine, farewell. You know, I, I don't know how big of an impact she was on the team to begin with. I believe she worked with the linebackers. But still a huge hire and a really important hire. A, a historical milestone. But also in terms of coaching, I mean, I I don't think we had a single issue with our linebackers this season. Uh once again, Fred Warner was healthy the entire time and made the Pro Bowl. Dre Greenlaw was injured a little bit throughout the season, but was mostly there. Uh, Nazacha was there. Uh, we, uh, Al, Al Shair played, too, because of injury, or pl- got some playing time because of other guys being injured. But Fred Warner was definitely there. And Dre Greenlaw, when he's healthy, is a bona fide starter. Um, and But we know that the big two coaching departures potential departures are going to be robert Salah, the defensive coordinator and adam peters the uh the head of player personnel and also martin mayhew uh, to a slightly lesser degree those are the three guys that are going to be interviewing that are have already conducted interviews this week i don't know if they have any more we know robert Salah has more but um, those are the three that are going to be I they will leave a void that will be very difficult to replace for the 49ers unless there's some new talent there that we just don't know a protege of Adam Peters we know Adam Peters is going to interview for the vacant GM job over and in the Carolina Panthers camp we know Martin Mayhew has a interview lined up we don't know what the team is and we know Robert Salah has already conducted uh, his interview with the Atlanta Falcons on Monday uh, the New York Jets have now inquired and added him to the list. And he also has the Jags, the Chargers um, as well. 
out of that whole group, to me, I think the Chargers are the best team to consider out of that group. The Houston Texans have not reached out to Robert Sala as far as today is concerned. They could reach out tomorrow or over the weekend. Who knows? But there's a lot of drama going on in Houston right now with the Texans. There is. There's actually, and and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, as far as that's concerned, um, you know, or as far as Robert Salah's uh, potential departures, because I think there's a good chance he does leave. I, I there's there's just some good vacancies right now that would be a good fit for him. Number one on my list would be Chargers. Number two would be Houston if Deshaun Watson stays. And I'll let you uh, take the reins on what that rumor has uh, been uh, swirling in the NFL circles. Yeah, so that's a big one. So if you want to, you know, to kind of just diverge for a second with Deshaun Watson, because it a little bit of Niner mix in there. There's been a little murmurs about the Niners involved in this. Uh, Deshaun Watson very upset with the Texans for not uh, discussing with him or asking for his opinion on who the next GM should be. They have hired somebody. The name completely escapes me. But Nick Nick Casario. What's his name? Nick Casario. Okay. Nick Casario. Nick Casario. <laughs> so <laughs> the uh, <laughs> we're going to Italianize every Italian name that we hear here at the yeah. Goldcast. That's kind of the rule. So uh, so he um, he then got upset because he requested that they interview Eric Bieniemy. Apparently, Eric Bieniemy is not even on the list of who they're going to interview. Why you're not interviewing the number one offensive head co- offensive coordinator that's available to move up? I have no idea. This guy should be number one on everyone's list, in my opinion. And uh, I think that Chargers job is great. But if I was a Chargers GM, I'm going with Eric Bieniemy first and Robert Salah second. I mean, this is the guy. And uh, you you know, and so Deshaun Watson is very upset. There are a lot of rumors right now that he is requesting a trade behind closed doors. And of course, he has this, of course, links him back to the 49ers. And there's a there have been murmurs and rumors that Deshaun Watson's list of teams he would like to go to uh, the short list. The 49ers are on it. And of course, that has got 49ers Twitter and 49ers Instagram jumping all over the place at a potential Kyle Shanahan, Deshaun Watson combination now whether or not that actually happens who the hell knows but uh a lot i think it would take a lot for that to happen but that is indeed part of the rumor mill yeah houston would want a king's ransom for a deshaun watson you have an an elite thrower of the football going with an elite play caller in the league that is just that is a dangerous combination in a good way if you're a niners fan not if you're in anyone outside of that (laughs) yeah i mean deshaun watson uh, pairing with Kyle Shanahan would be monstrous. Uh, it would be. He has the mobility that uh, that uh, Kyle Shanahan is, I think, is, or uh, not the Kyle Shanahan, but that the modern NFL asks for. Um, that's just a fact. And this really kind of really, really started with Kyle Ka- Kaepernick and Russell Wilson in this decade. I mean, we have a lot of pioneers that came before that. Steve Young all the way back in the 90s. Brett Favre with his little bit of mobility. Aaron Rodgers with his little bit of mobility. But Kaepernick and Russell Wilson really set the tone and set the groundwork for this movement here in the decade, in this decade. And now moving into the uh, the 20s, you see that occurring again, um, like really at a full board, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. To me, if, if that was to happen, Deshaun Watson is without a doubt, in my opinion, the second best quarterback in the entire American football conference, second only to Patrick Mahomes. Um, Deshaun Watson can throw deep. He can throw intermediate. He can, he has touch. 
And being in a program like the 49ers would only hone all of those skills, which is clearly, clearly uh, not optimized in Houston because they just don't have a, a great coaching staff. And right now they're wasting his prime years not getting the right personnel in there to build around him. They had some of that in his first couple seasons, at least on the defensive side and on the offensive side between uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. Will Fuller couldn't even complete the season and will start next year on the suspended list. And DeAndre Hopkins got traded for next to nothing. Um, you know, he, he or was he let go? The 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 no, he he was traded. He was traded for the corpse of David Johnson. That's right. <laughs> Shit yeah, because that panned out so great for them. Oh my uh, God! I mean, I I wasn't even I wasn't even, I remember that year last year when David Johnson was quote unquote healthy and back, and he was a top top five running back in fantasy for the drafts, and I was like, he. I remember I I passed him up. I don't remember who I went for. I passed him up, and then one of my buddies was like, "Really, you're passing up David Johnson?" And I'm like, "You tell in five weeks when this guy's injured again for the rest of the season, you tell me how great that pickup was for you." And of course, he did not make it through the entire season. But I digress. That's a whole side plot. It it really would be, uh, it really would be pretty incredible to get Deshaun Watson here. We would we would become the Chiefs of the NFC in in terms of offensive explosiveness. And to be perfectly honest, we're pretty darn explosive and very Swiss Army knife, even with Jimmy Garoppolo. But uh, Deshaun Watson is clearly more dynamic than Jimmy. He has mobility. When plays break down, Jimmy will either throw it away, hold on to it for too long, or get sacked. Um, in Deshaun Watson's case, he can scramble outside the pocket. He's good in the pocket. He's good outside the pocket. And he can run downfield to extend plays. So it, it just gives you a whole nother wrinkle that um, would really uh, would, would really just take this, off, this Kyle Shanahan offense to another level. That's with... Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, both gadget players that are multi-dimensional in their abilities, and, and along with the running back committee, Kyle Juszczyk, and of course the people's tight end, the greatest tight end in the NFC, in George Kittle. Wow, is exactly exactly wow is the word if Deshaun Watson if that ever came to happen. But again, the Niners would have to give up first round draft pick this season first round draft pick next year i mean jimmy g's going with them is jimmy g yeah they'd have to give up a quarterback i mean you give up a lot although i mean hey deshaun watson he's a pretty tough quarterback much more durable than jimmy garoppolo so if that came down to it i would if jimmy garoppolo was part of that package i'd be okay with that yeah, I would too. He has to be. You're going to give up Jimmy G. You're going to give up your first round pick this year. We have a really good one. We had the 12th pick in the draft. Uh, it would give Houston two first round picks this season. Um, and it's something worth exploring, especially now that it looks like Zach Wilson's stock from BYU has gone up tremendously. Right now, most most mock drafts don't even have him getting out of the second, the sixth pick in the draft. He's gone before we get to the number six pick. He's gone within the first five picks. He's out. Um his stock has greatly, greatly risen. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he gets out of the top ten. The Niners would have to trade. Yeah, we have to trade down. Which yeah. trade? I always get that mixed up. They'd have to trade yeah. down to get him, which yeah. I don't think is going to happen, uh, in yeah. my opinion. Although the Niners do trade to get picks, but uh, the one of the goals between last year and this year was for the Niners to help stack up some draft picks, and um, so it's always a possibility that they trade to get more picks, but they would trade back to get more for, to get two first round draft picks. 
um, versus uh, what they currently have. So we'll have to see that. We'll talk more about that as we get closer to the draft, which is actually not too far away um, when you when you really uh, boil it down. But I mean, that's and, and Zach Wilson even came out recently and said that he thinks he'd be a good fit for the 49ers. I'm pretty sure he's going to say that about every single team that is potentially um, going to be seeking him out. Um, it's in his best interest to say positive things. And uh, so, so, so there, there is that, but, uh, but that's kind of the latest of what's happening there. I think, I think Robert Talaw goes to San Diego or San Diego. I think he goes to the chargers and if Houston gets into the mix, if Nick, if the hiring of Nick Casario uh, influences, you know, the, uh, the interview opportunity for Robert Sala, then I think either that or or the chargers become the two primary destination points those are the ones that i was saying just completely off air we were talking about it through text and things like that these were the only two that made sense to me if i was robert sala just because both of these teams have um pretty good offenses because they already have established quarterbacks uh, in 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 the chargers uh respect they have a rookie quarterback who's shown to to be a extremely capable uh, thrower of the football and I just did not see that coming so that is a huge gift for if you are a Chargers fan but again you're going to have to go to the lightning strikes twice cast if you want to hear more about uh, the Chargers and all of their of their uh, their quarterback fortunes I don't those like there's a one or more I forget which what's the other one that you listen to there, there is the there is the podcast formerly known as the San Diego Chargers cast uh, <laughs> there is the uh los angeles super chargers cast there's those two um you know we don't have a lot of beef with them they, we don't have a we don't uh we don't really really interact with the chargers too much but, yeah they're um, afc west you know so that they're on they're on the west coast they're they're on the best coast with us we just don't run into them very often because they are afc Absolutely. Uh, Raymond, let's get back to this. Let's go back to these press conferences. What was your final impression uh, on the John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan press conference? What are, what are, what are your final thoughts on, on that? Because we've talked a lot about the movement, but we, we have to get back to these press conferences. I want to hear what your well, thoughts Well, I, I think first and foremost, I think they were actually relieved to just be done with this horrid of a season. That was one thing. It was kind of like sigh of relief, but at the same time, you still have a plethora of tough decisions to make in all of the aforementioned names that we just went through. And that's not going to be easy for John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. I know they're on vacation right now, but once that vacation is concluded, then they will resume talks. Or I guess I know in John Lynch's case, he's probably gone straight to work. I'm not sure how much of a break he really got because you have people to sign or maybe, maybe, oh, who knows? I don't know what's going on over there. But I know that uh, the big takeaway was that they are going to, that Jimmy is the guy they believe in him, but at the same time, they're always going to be open to other opportunities if they are there. You have to be in the NFL. That's just that's how this game works. And it seems that they are, you know, they're kind of they're definitely aware of Robert Salah's growth as a coordinator and definitely kind of alluded to the possibility of, you know, losing him this season. And you know, there, there'd be some candidates to, to hire either within the organization or outside of the organization. So we'll just have to see how that works out. Um, because we know sometimes, uh, defensive court, defensive position coaches from other teams will often get promoted to coordinator. Uh, James Woods was it James Woods, the, uh, the defensive back coach of our Super Bowl team last year, 
I think he's the defensive coordinator for the Browns now. Uh, I could be could be wrong on that. But um, we know that that's a possibility. So who knows? I thought Chris Kosarek would be a great candidate to bump up as the defensive coordinator. But I think Robert Salah will probably give some um, some recommendations. I know he recommended the other linebackers coach. I forget his name. But he was mentioned as a possible candidate. I think Kyle, you know, Kyle... Kyle basically alluded to the fact that he's going to take a long look at this roster and figure out, you know, who stays and who goes because some people just can't stay healthy and it just might not be worth staying invested in them. I mean, they mentioned D Ford and praised him and mentioned him as an integral part when he's healthy, but he just wasn't healthy and he hasn't been healthy since he's been here. Even the the year last year, he was in and out of the lineup with those injuries. And I know it's frustrating for him. And when he's in there, he's arguably one of the, burstiest pass rushers in in the nfl but if he can't stay in there then what's it worth you know that to me in my opinion that contract needs to either get restructured or my other prediction my my first prediction is that he he does not come back to the team in 2021 so that's what i think might happen because you save cap space to retain some of the other players who are a more durable and more as a result more valuable uh than he currently is so that's what i think as far as that is concerned, I, th- I think they're going to obviously consider that motion. And we'll see what kind of calls they take in this offseason for potential trades. I mean, Deshaun Watson's obviously a big one. I would love to see that, but I, I think it's more of a pipe dream than anything else. But you never know. Crazier things have happened in the NFL, so we'll just have to wait and see. But that was the big takeaway for me, that they are relieved that the season's over, but also... W- you know, are not going to have too much time to relax because they have a lot of questions to answer as far as players retained goes and as far as new coaches goes too. So, and, and new uh, personnel staff goes, drafting personnel staff. Yeah. You know, to yes, Andrew on that, the, the, uh, as far as, as far as Deshaun Watson's concerned, uh, never underestimate the stupidity of another franchise. So you just never know. And Houston is historically good at that. Very good at making poor decisions. So who knows? But either way, I want to stay focused on the people that are here. Our unofficial fourth member of the Gold Cast, Rudy Solis Jr., our father, he said something off air that I actually completely agree with, that Adam Peters is going to be the hardest person to replace this offseason. The VP of Player Personnel. He was integral in the uh, the developing the the squads of scouting and putting together the squads in Denver. He has he has put together three Super Bowl teams dating all the way back to uh, Denver's first appearance when they lost to Seattle, and now and all the way here to 2019 with the 49ers appearance. Three Super Bowl squads in about an eight year time span. That is extremely impressive. Makes him one of the most sought out, if not the most sought out candidate that's out there. And I've already said this several times on the show. I think really what the Niners ought to be looking at is looking at the head of scouting for the Chiefs, looking at the head of scouting for Pittsburgh. I really hope that really where our aiming's at, okay, it's like, well, let's grab the head of scouting from one of these big guns and put him in the position Adam Peters was just in. And let's keep the ball rolling at that place. And now we never know how the front office works. So there's very much, um, I know this is going to surprise many of you on the Goldcast, but we don't actually work for the 49ers. And I know that's a shock. I Sometimes you get that impression. You know, I have Jed York on speed dial. I talk to him every day, five times a day. That's not true. But <laughs> uh, but having said that, there is the there is the uh, you know, there is the possibility that there's people underneath Adam Peters that really, you know, um, really have what it takes. But 
and they and they're competent with them. But if not, I think really what you do is you pluck one one or two of these guys from some of the other uh, other big guns, and you give them an opportunity to move up. If they can't move up in their current situation with their current franchise, move them over to the 49ers and give them the opportunity to take Adam Peters' position. And who knows? You know, we already know that he purposely Lynch's contract is shorter than. Shanahan's, and we think we all believe the reason for that is if they if they win another Super Bowl, if they get successful, there's an opportunity for Lynch to move up into another position, and then for some, the the person below him to take his position. And we kind of think that role is kind of being carved out for Adam Peters already to begin with. Um, that's probably the it, one that I'm... it would have if they would have repeated. I think that's absolutely what would have been the trajectory of of those two roles. I think you're probably right. I think the chances of that were pretty high. He's probably the one I'm most I'm worried about him, but just given that there are other I believe there's other personnel around the league, there's other there's other scouts, there's other people in really high positions at really quality organizations that are available and if we hire from within, I clearly believe that that person will have already shown that they have the prowess and the understanding to fulfill that role. The Niners are a very smart organization. So I'm it's going to be the hardest to fill but I think it's doable. We just have to kind of really watch carefully as we go through this offseason as to see what they do. Um, a lot of moves to be made. And actually, Ray, I mean, that's kind of exciting. I don't think it's something that as 49er fans you should be nervous about or scared about. I think you should be excited about this. The Niners are – the Niners last year, there was it was really broken down, obviously. Broken team physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, after such, a, such the high of the 2019 season, this is a chance for us to reboot – reload and come back stronger than ever. And if any team can do it, it's the 49ers. I have absolute faith in this front office. I have absolute faith in the players that are going to stay. We have the opportunity here to reboot and reload and not in a way that's like a rebuild. We're not rebuilding. We're just rebooting. We're just rebooting. Sometimes you got to sometimes you got to put take a car, put it through the car wash, get get a couple new hubcaps, maybe get get fix get something new for the stereo and boom, baby, you're right back in it and you and you're all happy all over again. So, I think that's really what we're going to see here, Ray. Totally. And I mean, if you take some uh you take some onions, some broth, baby, you got a stew going. <laughs> baby, you got a stew going. You absolutely do. <laughs> All right, Raymond, here is our NFL playoff bracket. Here's what we got. So here's how this eliminator pool works. It's very simple. It's very fun. What what it is is there's a there's a buy-in to the pool, and what you got to do is you got to pick one team every single week to represent you in the pool. If your team wins, you move on to the next week. If your team loses, you're out. But here's the catch. You can only pick one team one time. So if I pick the Chiefs this week, I can't use them for the rest of the, of the the playoff season. Okay, that is it. So let's look at the mm. across the board, Raymond. All right. So these are the rules. They're very simple. One team that we go in with. So like, if you know, if you think you know who your Super Bowl team is, you don't want to pick them now because obviously you're going to need them in the Super Bowl. So here we go. So we've got Bills and the Colts. They're playing each other. Then we've got Steelers and the Browns, and then we have Titans and the Ravens. Right. And that's our wild card round for the AFC. Moving over to the NFC, we've got. Saints and the Bears. We have Seahawks Rams. Ooh, I love that. I love two NFC West teams going to eliminate each other first round. It's like a little gift to all the 49er fans. And then Washington and the Buccaneers. So can't, can't believe the Washington team made it made it to the playoffs. 
the Washington professional football team has made it to the playoffs, Ray. So, Raymond, here we go. Of those teams, if you had to pick one, let me ask you, let's go down the road. Bills, Colts, who do you think is going to win? Bills. I wouldn't sure. pick the Bills, though. Wouldn't pick the Bills. Steelers, Browns, who wins? That's a tough one. It is. It's a division matchup, but uh, with the injuries that the Steelers have right now, they're really kind of only you know, two-thirds at their of, of the previous strength. So I'm going to go with the Browns. They're explosive. Well, but let's think about this, though. But all the coaches have COVID. All the coaches have COVID. So a bunch of the coaches. For the Browns? Are, yeah, they're not even going to be on the field that day. Oh, they actually tried to get the game. Yeah, they tried to get they tried to get the game delayed, and the NFL was like, nope, you got to go for it. So I'm actually – I personally am going to go with the Steelers. I guess – I guess, I mean, knowing that, I didn't have that context. So, yeah, I, I, I'll take a stab at Steelers then. Yeah, I'm going with the Steelers on this one. So then we have Titans-Ravens, another tough, tough this matchup. This hard to do because the Titans took them last year. Mm-hmm. And they're both playing at a pretty high clip right now. Yeah, they are. You know, I I just feel like, hmm, I'm going to go Titans. Titans again with the upset. Knock out the Ravens first round two years in a row. So my heart says Titans, but my mind says Ravens. And I'm, I think I'm rolling with the Ravens on this one. Uh, I think Ravens with the upset. Okay, let's move over to the NFC. Saints, Bears. Saints. For sure. Bears have been playing sure. really good but, uh, in the second half of the season, but I don't think they have enough juice to get past the Saints. No, I don't think so either. Then we have Seahawks Rams. <laughs> God, it's one NFC team is gonna lose, no matter what. I will be happy. It's a Christmas gift, no matter what. Yeah, no matter what, I will be happy with the outcome. I'm gonna say Seahawks. McVeigh just can't get past Carroll, and Shanahan even struggles against Carroll. And and at, at least. When, you know, when his team's healthy, I think it's a pretty even toss-up between Shanahan and Carroll. But uh, currently, with the way these team two teams are playing, i got to give the edge to Seattle. I'm giving the edge to Seattle. Also, Goff's not playing. I mean, he hasn't played great already, but they're on their backup quarterback going into the first round of the playoffs against the Seahawks? No way. Oh, I didn't know that. See, the, I, I have tuned out of football. Once the Niners got eliminated, once I lost fantasy, I just said, I'm out of this. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final one, Raymond, Washington and the Buccaneers. God, I would I'm just out of pure bias. I'm gonna say the Washington franchise upsets the Buccaneers and sends Tom Brady, pity, pretty boy, home packing. Go back to the beach, buddy boy. Are you serious? You're yes. serious right now. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm going with Tampa Tom. That's Tampa Bay. I'm going with the Buccaneers, formerly the Yuccaneers. Let's go, Buccaneers. I'm going with Tom Brady and them Bucks. Now, Raymond, but if you had to pick one team to represent you this week, who would it be? One team. You, so between AFC and NFC or just one pick of each? One, just pick one for the whole weekend. Not even that hard. Just You don't, you don't got to pick for both conferences. Just one team for the whole thing. Just one team. Okay. Um, in that case, I'll pick uh, Seattle. Seattle is your lock. You know, to be honest, I was kind of leaning on Seattle too. They're not. They're not going to go, but they're a guaranteed. They're probably the most guaranteed win this weekend. 
I would honestly, I actually, I was gonna say them or the or the Saints, like the or any any three teams on the NFC, right? Saints, Bucks, or the Seahawks to me are probably pretty much a lock to win those games. But I think you go Seahawks. Let you use the Seahawks now. Sacrifice them now. Because, you know, I don't see them going past the divisional round. They haven't got past the divisional round since, I think, 2015. So, okay. So there you have it, folks. We are going to go with the Seahawks in our Eliminator pool. If you have Eliminator pool, that is our suggestion. We're saying go with Seattle Seahawks. We are in agreement, Raymond. I agree. We'll see what happens this week. If they lose, I'll be super pissed. But I'll be out first round. But we don't think we will be. And then, Raymond, looking at the Warriors' schedule... It's time for a little bit of Warriors talk. Let's go Warriors talk, baby. Let's do this. Poof. And like that, we're back. Look at, look at that. Look at that, Ray. You look great. You look great with the hands. It looks excellent. All right. <laughs> so here we go. My Curry is upset. My Curry is upset going, damn, we, we, you know, we could have beat these Clippers. Uh, right? We've got three games coming up right now. We've got uh, Clippers at the Warriors tomorrow on Friday at 7 o'clock. And then... We have another big game against the Raptors, the team that infamously defeated us in 2019 uh, due to health, not due to actual skill. Let's just all make sure that's important. That mm-hmm. needs to be not known. the better team, just the healthier team. Just so, so back to back playoff contenders this yep. week. Back to back, and then the Pacers on Tuesday. But uh, l- looking at this game from yesterday, Raymond. Um, you know, kind of seeing, like I said, a similar thing to our Giants last year. A young, scrappy team, plays hard, is doing well. Not pretty good defensively, but just not enough of the offensive firepower necessary to really take 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 a lead and hold it against the Clippers. They did pretty well in the third quarter when Kawhi was out getting some rest. We saw them. We saw them actually take a lead. Then they looked. At, then they took another lead towards the very end of the fourth. But then again, right at the end, Clippers just pulling away too much offensive firepower, which I think is going to be the story of this team for the rest of the season, unless we as well can make a pretty big trade going forward. But uh, what are your thoughts on Warriors as they as they go through this little two game series with the Clippers? I mean, before last night's loss, and even afterwards, I I gotta say I feel pretty good. I, I felt pretty good about a Warriors team that was four and three up to this point in the season, and f- even at four and four, uh, still, still five hundred's a good place to be for considering what this Warriors team is right now and what they're trying to figure out right now. So early in the season, it's only it's it's a shortened season by ten games, so it's still largely going to be a a pretty full season minus th- those ten games. But there's, in other words, there's still plenty of time for this team to establish the identity with the players that they have right now. And again, can't say enough good things about Wiseman. So it's just a matter of, you know, figuring out who who the offensive contributors are going to be when Curry has a night like he did last night, where the Clippers' defensive strategy was just take out Curry and let the rest of the team beat you. Because right now, that the defenses are disrespecting the rest of this team. They're saying, hey, if we take out Curry offensively, you guys don't got enough to win. So the challenge now is who, who or how many people are going to step up to counter punch that punch, which we're going to see more often than not, because everyone knows what Curry can do when he's hot. 
And even when he's just regular Curry, he's still very, a very potent and deadly scorer. So when you take away that aspect of his game and force him to just be a passer, players need to take advantage of those opportunities, which we did see a little bit against the Clippers, but not enough to take the lead. They didn't lose by a lot, so it wasn't a large margin. It wasn't a blowout by taking out Curry. So if Curry had a normal, even an average game, an average Curry game with his average shooting, uh, his average points per game, that's a win in the Warriors' column. So they're not that far off. It's just that if somebody else can contribute like a Clay Thompson would have, then these these games are not so difficult to overcome against these playoff teams. You actually, they're actually a better team than these current teams are. But it's just a matter of figuring out who or how many guys is it going to be Wiggins is it going to be a combination of Wiggins and Pascal and Wiseman who is it going to be that steps up to fill the void when Curry gets double teamed and gets shut down like he did uh the other night yeah he also started off cold too and that didn't help anything in that first quarter and he and he tried to throw some he tried to take some shots in the fourth and he was just as cold yeah so yeah they had that one big moment uh, against uh, was it Patrick Beverly in the at the at the half court right at the end of the second quarter? That was pretty dope. That was a really dope. That was a super super dope play. He took that one that really nice thirty five footer right with uh right as the clock was winding down to the end of the the, the half. That was a that was a great play by Steph uh, to keep them still in 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 on pace with the Clippers. But yeah, this is going to be the question of the season. And unless they can make a big trade, um, I don't know. May, hopefully, you know, players find themselves sometimes, Raymond, it's a long season in the association and players find themselves and we've seen before players rise to the occasion and really kind of step up and take themselves to a different level. So there's a big chance that happens here, but we'll see. And the great part is here at the Goldcast, we'll be covering it all year long. So be on the lookout for that. We're definitely going to come back and have conversations. We'll have conversations next week with Candlestick Will about all these games that we see here. All right. We're going to be back, folks. We'll be recording our next episode next Monday. It'll usually drop on Tuesday morning, and uh, we'll see how we did in the Eliminator poll, and we'll see how the Warriors are doing. And, of course, if any big 49ers news happens, we will be here. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Go to YouTube.com slash The Goldcast. And so concludes another edition of The Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.